NPR. I was thinking the other day about my favorite contemporary opera. <laughs> Wait, you have a favorite contemporary opera? Yeah, and you will too, Waylon, after I play you a little bit of Philip Glass's Einstein on the Beach. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, it's nice. It's like a postmodern Sesame Street. What I love about it is that after a few minutes, the numbers don't mean anything anymore. It's like an incantation. I was thinking about this after listening to the chair of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, speak last week. Listen. We have a 2% inflation goal. We're going to keep our inflation target at 2%. We're going to use our tools to get inflation back to 2%. Two is definitely the favorite number of the Fed these days. They are going to do anything they can to bring inflation down to a modest 2%. And Powell said 2% over and over again, like Philip Glass, 17 times I counted, until I was under its spell. 2%. Wow, now I have a new favorite opera. <laughs> Thank you so much. As I was cutting together all the 2%, I kept thinking, why? Why 2%? There are so many other numbers and songs for that matter. Why not bring inflation down to... One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Harry Nielsen would have made a great central banker. Yes, he would have. And I see your lonely 1%, and I suggest something more uh, mystical. How about... Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. Schoolhouse rock. Nicely done. Oh, thank you so much. There are lots of beautiful round numbers out there. Why does the Fed love 2%? This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Robert Smith. Last week, we learned that inflation in the U.S. is starting to go down. The Fed wants to drive it even lower. But the musical question is, how low should they go? Some economists are starting to question whether 2% is the best target. Today on the show, we'll do the math and perhaps find a better number. Support for NPR and the following message come from Fisher Investments. SVP Judy Abrams shares how their fiduciary duty comes to life while helping clients plan for retirement. As a fiduciary, we must make decisions in our clients' best interest. So we work with them in consultation to be on a glide path so when they want the option to retire, that portfolio is still going to keep working for them at this stage of life. Learn more at FisherInvestments.com. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. The Federal Reserve is filled with some of the smartest economists in the world. They are really good at math. So when they say the perfect amount of inflation is 2%, prices going up 2% year over year, it's easy to think that that was the result of long hours at the chalkboard writing equations. But no. The 2% target for inflation came about in a much more random and serendipitous way. We did a whole show on it a few years ago at Planet Money. 2% came from a small nation in the South Pacific, New Zealand. In that show, we interviewed that famous New Zealand central bank economist, Arthur Grimes. They've probably never heard of me, so that's fine. 
Well, for those of you who don't know, Arthur Grimes was at the New Zealand Central Bank in the 1980s, and around that time they were having high inflation, at times well above 10%, and they were trying to get it back down. Arthur had this idea that was pretty novel at the time. What if we pick a number and declare that as our inflation target? There was no such thing as inflation targeting at the time. It was only after the, after New Zealand had done it that uh, that term was actually invented. Arthur and the other folks at the central bank thought that maybe 1% was a good, steady number for prices to go up every year. But they wanted some wiggle room. So they picked a range of numbers. And they had a slogan. Zero to two by 92. So their target was between 0% and 2% inflation by 1992. Zero to two by 92. And guess what? It worked. There was a lot of economic pain along the way and unemployment, but the central bank got the inflation down to 2%. And this is how the idea of a 2% target was born. Canada did it next, then the UK, then Australia, and eventually the United States. It was in fashion. It was in vogue. I'm 2%. Are you 2%? (laughs) And like all fashion, after a few years, it didn't seem so strange anymore. It seemed like reality. It was also a useful tool for the Federal Reserve. They could say, don't worry, we have a target, 2% inflation. We will do whatever it takes to keep inflation around there. Economist Alison Schrager says that is what she was taught in graduate school. This is the sort of thing you would believe in grad school, that monetary policy is just about a lot of mind games. Alison Schrager is now a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and a columnist at Bloomberg Opinion. And if the Fed says it's going to be 2%, everyone believes it's going to be 2%. They put that in their wage contracts. They put it in all their planned price increases, you know, futures contracts, all these things. And then it is so. It's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It seems like a magic trick, but it did work for a while. When the Fed started to target 2%, sure, inflation was sometimes higher, it was sometimes lower, but it stayed roughly around 2%. And then the magic trick stopped working. Over the last couple of years, inflation went up to 6, 7, 8 percent. Target be damned. And getting it back down to 2 percent again is expected to be painful. The Fed is increasing interest rates. There might be a recession. People could lose their jobs. So is it worth going back to a made-up number plucked like a ripe kiwi fruit from the South Pacific? Alison Schrager makes one argument. When inflation is 2 percent, she says... No one worries about it very much. I think the advantage of two is it is small enough, it does kind of fall into the background. You know, I was thinking it's like if I were to ask for a sip of your beer, like I could take 2% and and you wouldn't get upset with me. You know, I glug 8, 10% of your beer and you're like, what the hell, dude? Like, get your own. Exactly. On the other hand, the world changes. We get smarter. Maybe there's a better number for Jay Powell to repeat over and over again. About a decade ago, the chief economist of the IMF, Olivier Blanchard, made a bold statement. 2%, he said, is too low. We called him up. He is now a senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics. And I will say, as a Frenchman, he still seemed really bummed about losing the World Cup. I will survive. I think the Argentines are happy. I'm I'm happy about them being happy. Oh, tough week for France. But, you know, Olivier has been arguing for a decade that if the original reason for the 2% target was to give some wiggle room, then 4% would be better. Even more wiggle room. It's wiggle room. It's basically allowing for adjustments with less perceived pain. This gets into some complicated macroeconomic policy, but hey, it's the indicator. I'll give it a shot. During a recession, the Fed lowers interest rates to stimulate an economy, but it can't lower the rates past zero. It can't go negative. During the Great Recession, this turned out to be a huge problem. 
A lot of people got laid off from jobs and suffered because the Federal Reserve couldn't lower their rates enough. It hit zero. But if the inflation target is slightly higher, the nominal interest rates can be slightly higher during the good times. Then during recessions, it gives the Federal Reserve more room to drive rates lower. More stimulus, more jobs. Olivier Blanchard has adapted his theories recently, and he is now pushing for 3% instead of 4%. He says that having the price go up 3% a year would still be like a tiny sip of the beer, but it would make recessions easier. But he cautions this is all an academic argument right now. Central banks shouldn't waver during the tough times. When inflation is back down at normal levels, then, and only then, should we talk about officially changing the target. When central banks change something, then the markets always ask themselves, why do they do that? Have they become kind of inflation lovers? Uh, Have they lost credibility? And central banks, you know, basically need credibility. We are not inflation lovers. That's the message that the central bank tries to send. So maybe as the economists debate the ideal 2 or 3 or 4% inflation, it's more about being firm than it is the actual number. After all, there is music and beauty in repetition. 2%. Special thanks to Sarah Gonzalez, Karen Duffin, and Darian Woods, who worked on the Planet Money show about the history of the 2% back in 2018. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Jamila Huxtable. It was engineered by Maggie Luthar and fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. VLA's our senior producer, Kate Cannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top 10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at BetterHelp.com NPR to get 10% off your first month. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.